0: Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your co-hosts, Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye. Uh, Our first guest for today is uh, the chair uh, of the Congressional Black Caucus, Representative Karen Bass out of Los Angeles. And boy, she has been uh, the chair during tumultuous times. So uh, Representative Bass, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest once again. We're glad you always make time for us up here in the Northwest in Seattle, in Martin Luther King Jr. County. But I'd like to just have you take a minute or two and uh uh, let our listeners know uh your observation of things right now and what can we still do to bring about change in the electoral process
1: Well, I think that the first thing that we can all participate in is to make sure that we elect two Democratic senators in Georgia. And now, because of our virtual uh, environment that we have been living in since COVID, you don't even have to go to Georgia. But signing up to participate would be a, a very wonderful thing. And then once people get elected, stay involved with your elected officials. Call the office. Make sure you're on their mailing list. Find out when they're going to do town halls, whether they're virtual or, you know, one day back in person. Uh, but but definitely see that voting is the floor. That's the minimum thing that everyone can do. But really what's most important for change is to be involved, to stay involved.
0: Now, uh, in terms of, uh, I guess, uh, we were expecting to win some more seats on the Democratic side, that didn't happen, and you just mentioned the key thing, which is Georgia, which would mean that both of those seats go to the, to the Democrats, uh, with Vice President Kamala Harris having the tiebreaker, we could have that. Did they declare a winner in uh, uh, in uh, Alaska yet for the Senate seat? Do you know?
1: Uh, yes, they did, and it was the Republican that won.
0: Okay, okay. Okay, so why don't, why don't we talk a little bit about, uh, and I know we're dealing with a different environment now with this COVID-19 to spread rapidly because- uh, the person in the White House has not been asking people to do what they need to do to uh, to stay safe and then uh, refuting science. But uh, what uh, is uh, the priorities right now? I mean, I know, the, I know that COVID-19 is a priority for the Congressional Black Caucus. But what are some of the main issues that are being worked on? And with uh, uh, President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris being in the White House, what can be done if the Republicans maintain control of the Senate?
1: Well, I mean that's going to be a, a good question, and it, it's really the question for them to answer. So, will McConnell do to Biden what he did to um, to Obama, or frankly, what happened with Trump, where basically for the last year, two years, the only thing they've done in the Senate is confirmed judges. So, when when a house when a party is in control of a house, even if it is just by one seat, it is the the concern is is that they control the institution, and so the rules, assignments, and all of that would be under McConnell. And so the question is, is he going to be interested in governing, or is he going to be interested in pursuing long-term minority rule, which is their whole strategy of taking over the judiciary? Because they know that America is getting browner and browner and browner, and they've not been able to stop us through redistricting or voter suppression. But the way you can actually maintain minority rule in this country is by controlling the judiciary. And if they see themselves long-term, that one day the country is going to be majority-minority, then tying up the courts is a way of taking over a branch of the government. So um, I am hoping that because Joe Biden was a member of the Senate for several decades, that he has a relationship with many of those Republican senators and served with them for years. So I am hoping that they won't treat him the way as president, the way they did when he was vice president with Obama at the top.
0: I want to see if my co-host Hayward Evans has a question or comment for you, Representative.
1: Uh,
2: Representative, first, thank you for being here. You don't mind you know, just listening to everything. You know systemic racism is very, very real. And considering uh, McConnell and how he's been acting, how is that going to impact on the judiciary system? Because are we going to be able to get some progressive judges in? He got a ton of them in. And what about the
0: Supreme Court? Are we going to be able to do anything with them? But this is uh, Eddie Rye and hayward Evans on Urban Forum Northwest. Uh, we just had uh, Representative Karen Bass, Chair of the Gresham Black Caucus, on there. And I see Zach is calling me right now. <clears throat> yeah, that was uh, Representative Bass's uh, aide, Zach Zidel, calling and let me know that uh, the line disconnected and they'll be calling back, Eric. So stand by for that. But while we wait for that, I want to let everybody know that this information is being brought to you by SoundTrance's uh, 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 labor office with Leslie Jones at the helm. And also the Civil Rights and Minority Business Office, the Port of Seattle's uh, Diversity Contracting Office with me and Rice, uh, the City of Sales Purchase Person- Construction Services Office with Liz Alzear and also want to mention that uh Dave Fukahara and Concourse Concessions, uh Rod O'Neill and Jerry Whitsett with CTAC Bar Group LLC, and Stephanie Oco does our website and Representative Bass is back with us. So, whatever the technical, I'm glad that we were hooked back up, Representative Bass. So uh, Uh I can't remember where we left off. Uh, We were (laughs) talking
1: about systemic racism and the significance of it, and then I lost you.
0: How can I ever forget that?
2: Systemic racism, we know it exists, but Mitch McConnell, what are we going to do about him if, in fact, the Republicans get the Senate? How are we going to get in progressive judges to offset the the right-wing judges that that Trump and and McConnell put in place and the Supreme Court? What about the Supreme Court?
1: on the judges we're not going to be able to get him to put in progressive judges that's not going to happen we have to have the majority in the senate period that's the only way that works
2: and so and so i guess our long-term solutions would be we better take over the senate
1: we have to take over the senate yeah. in order to have our needs uh, addressed. there is no ifs ands or buts about that we fell short this time However, um, we ha- we'll have another crack at it uh, in two years, and we need to be right. thinking about it now.
0: Right, and we really have to have Georgia on our mind right now. So yeah. I would say anybody listening that has a relative in Georgia, if they're 17 now, the 18 by January 5th, have them registered to vote because they'll be able to vote January 5th, January 5th. So if you have any relatives in Georgia, make sure they vote and take somebody with them. And uh, Representative Bass, I want to say that uh, 45's antics that way well, wanted him to keep going because I wanted him to discourage his supporters from going to the polls on January 5th. And uh, a lot of times they say if his name is not on the ballot, the interest is Wayne's and they don't show up. And I'm praising the Lord that this is what happens this time. Because if we do get the Senate, then there would be a possibility of increasing the number of Supreme Court justices. Is that correct? Representative Vance? Well,
1: I, I mean honestly, I do not believe that... Um, president biden will do that but i think there's other ways to accomplish that without saying we're going to just add judges to the supreme court because the danger is is that then you know power does shift back and forth and the next time it shifts to the republicans they'll just add more judges so i'm not sure that that's really a good uh solution and i'm not sure that uh president biden would
0: would do that well you know one thing on the affordable care act it sounds to me like Uh, Common sense is going to prevail, from what I'm hearing. Do you have any feeling on the the leading of the Supreme Court on uh, dismantling uh, the entire uh, uh, Obamacare Act?
1: I am hoping that as well. I was encouraged when I heard that, uh, you know, when I heard the way the debate went. It sounded as though they were interested in holding on to it. So
0: we will see. Okay, that's good. So I just want to go back to Haywood once again yeah. before you have to go and see if there's any other comment or question that he has. You know, Representative Bass, OK, now let's say, you know, God forbid, this guy says he's not going to leave. What's
2: going to happen? Can you give, can well, give he our he listening audience he, a picture of what would transpire if this man says, I'm not leaving the people's well, house? he
1: will leave. There is no question about that. Our system does not work any other way other than for him to leave. So he will leave. I do think, though, the concern is is the chaos he will create on his way out. But I think people should rest assured that he will be leaving. Um, and I think that uh, what he is going to do between now, I mean, in a few weeks, the Electoral College will be voting. You know, January 20th, he has to leave. Our military is not going to keep him in power. That That's just not going to happen. So people should feel comfortable about that. Now, having said that, what I worry about is that he's going to start running for 2024 and continuing traveling across the country, spreading the virus, and fomenting racial uh, uh, division. That's what I'm concerned about. I am not concerned about him staying beyond the time. That's just now, not going to happen.
0: Now, now, is representative there, representative Bass, Bass, let me ask one question. With what they have in the Southern District of New York and other possible uh, criminal violations, is there any chance that folks can be shouting, lock him up?
1: Uh, yes, I think there is a chance of that. I think there is. But you know, I uh, have full confidence in the um, Attorney General of New York, and he could quit tomorrow and, and Pence could um, pardon him, but he would still have to answer to, uh, to the state of New York.
0: Okay. All right. I just wanted you to say hello to this brother for doing all this work with Odessa Brown Children's Clinic, and they have their uh, uh, virtual gala tonight. Uh, Odessa Brown, the lady that started, would be 100 years old today. And the clinic is 50 years old today, mm-hmm. and they've served tens of thousands of uh, young folks that needed medical care. So, uh, and Lenny Wilkins has been, and his foundation has been, has been stalwarts in the current clinic, and also, uh, uh, Le- Coach Lenny Wilkins, are you on the line? I'm on the line, Eddie. Okay, uh, Representative hey, well Karen hey. Bass, Ch- Chair of the Congressional Blackhawks, is on with her. I was telling about all your good work, so Representative Bass, here is Hall of Famer, Coach, and, and Player Lenny Wilkins.
1: <laughs> well, wonderful to meet you over the phone, and thank you so much for all that you do. Uh, really appreciate it.
3: Well, let, let me tell you, anytime you can give back to the community, uh, you, you want to. And I was taught that at a very early age, uh, you know, and uh, when I came here, I met some wonderful people who took my wife and I uh, sort of like adopted us. Uh, one was by the name of Freddie Mae Gauthier and the other was Toby Burton two wonderful ladies in the community who really were pushing the Odessa Brown Children's Clinic. And uh, once I got involved with it, let me tell you something, it became my number one charity. Oh, that's great.
1: That is great. Well, thank you for meeting you uh, over the phone, and thank you uh, for all that you do, Eddie.
0: Okay, then, Representative Bass, we'll talk to you real soon. Okay. Uh, I got to right. talk to you about the, the position for the Secretary of Education, too. Uh, there's a person mm-hmm. that's our superintendent that I need to give it to 411 on before the, uh, President Biden makes a decision on that. So thank you very oh, much. All right. Bye. Okay. All right, Lenny Wilkins, you gave us part of the story. Now give us the rest.
3: <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Eddie, it's, it's nothing like the, the clinic. And, uh, you know, we, uh, uh, the, the, um, uh, I'm trying to think of her name right now. Um, oh, God. I'm, I'm, Blanche I'm LoVizio? A, uh, yeah, yeah, Blanche LoVizio was, what a wonderful person. And, you know, we coined the phrase for her because it was health care with dignity. And she made young people feel like they were somebody, you know, and that they could do something. They could achieve something. And, and that's what we want our young people to know is that, uh, you know, they can make a difference, okay? And, and that's why we need to speak up, we need to speak to one another, and we need to talk to each other. We always have to let us know that we can communicate with each other, we need to talk to each other. And, uh, and then uh, after Blanche LeVizio, uh, we were so blessed to get Ben Danielson, Dr. Ben Danielson, and he was another one. Uh, he made these young people feel important. You know, he had such passion for them. So when when you have something like that going in your community, and and believe me, you know, a lot of people can't afford health care. But here, uh, you got it at the clinic, irregardless of your ability to pay. You were going to get it. And Dr. Danielson took over for Blanche Levisio. Uh, we couldn't have been blessed more than to have people like that. and And it's people like you, too who make people aware of what the community is doing, what it has to offer. Uh, I, I just, uh, I've just i been very honored by it, and it, it's something I I'd, I'd do over 100 times.
0: Well, I want to let everybody know that uh, the day, as I mentioned earlier to Representative Karen Bass, is Odessa Brown's 100th birthday and the clinic's 50th birthday, and that will be celebrated virtually today, November 12th at 6.30 p.m., and you can go to uh, events at seattlechildrens.org to receive a link to the event, or you can call 206-963-3894. So uh, Lenny, we are going to have Mickey Flowers on right of you. And we are going to have Dr. Van on as well. So they're going to mm-hmm. be on, but uh, this is going to be a very important event. I want to make sure that uh, everybody knows about it. So Lenny, uh, you have done re- really well with the clinic on... Uh, on 22nd and Yester, and now there's going to be a new facility built uh, at the Othello Station, at Martin Luther King and Othello, called Othello Station. Uh, and I understand you've raised a substantial amount of money and made commitments to have that building erected. What is the process and the progress right now of that facility? Well, it, it's uh, you know, the shell of it
3: is up. Uh, it will get finished. Uh, the, the commitment has been made to it. Um, and it's going to be much bigger. It'll be able to do more things. It'll be able to do some research, you know, and um, and uh, it will uh, be able to uh, house more. So it, it it's going to be exceptional. And uh, and it couldn't have been done without the people in the community and Mickey Flowers and uh, you know Cynthia Huffman. All these people have contributed to it. And, and they need to be recognized, and uh, and we need to know that uh, it, it, it belongs to the community.
0: I want to see if my co-host Hayward Evans I have a question or comment for Hall of Fame, coach, and uh, the coach of the world champion 1979 CL Supersonics, Lenny Wilkins. Well, you know, my, my comment, and thank you for
2: being here with us, Lenny, and thank you for all the work that you've done. I'd like to see Othello Street change to
0: Lenny Wilkins Boulevard personally. It have to be Lenny Wilkins Way South because they already got the street by the the, the stadium is named for it. Oh, okay. We well, can have Lenny. Way, we can have Lenny Wilkins Way South. Yeah, I think that's well, a darn good idea.
3: Uh, yeah. You know, well they they promised it, and uh, as soon as the arena is finished and completed, they're supposed to name that street Lenny Wilkins Way. And uh, listen, I'll be very proud of it. Uh, it uh, you know it's something that. You know our foundation wanted to get committed to, and the mayor has committed to it. So, so you know, hopefully, uh, uh, people when they see it, it, it'll bring memories of the Odessa Brown Clinic. Well,
2: that that would be appropriate. What do you think? Are we going to get a basketball team back in in any time in the near future? I,
3: I would say that when the arena is finished and completed, you know they're going to have hockey. Well, hockey and basketball are very compatible and that it it would be a natural thing to have basketball because we have a huge legacy here, and I don't think it'd be that difficult to do.
0: And uh, we also have made sure that whoever buys a team will allow Lenny Wilkins to coach two or three games so he can become (laughs) the the winningest coach in NBA history. That's what they did for Don Nelson down at Golden State, so the same thing got to happen here. They got to let you coach two or three games. You just have to win two to become the, the winningest coach, right? I hear you. I hear you, Eddie. All right, we're gonna going right go for on, it, brother. He well, Lenny, right thank, on. hey man. Th- thanks for all that you do. And we gonna like I said, we got we got uh, the trifecta because we got Mickey Flowers and Ben, Doctor Ben, coming up next. So thank you very oh, much, okay. Lenny. And uh, I will tune in to uh, the Odessa Brown virtual event tonight. Tonight, and people need to go to events at seattlechildrens.org to receive a link to the event starts at 6 30 tonight don't miss it support your community thank you very much honey wilkins we appreciate you thank you eddie and thank you for all you do as well
3: we all appreciate you and i want you to know that so thank you so much
0: thank you
4: sir all right,
0: all right. eric we go, we're going to take a quick break and come back with mickey flowers
4: List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend Port PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle-Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com.
5: Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill in the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tequila, and the airport. Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress.
4: An alternative to everything else on your radio dial. Alternative Talk 1150.
0: All right. Eddie Ryan Hayward Evans back at Urban Forum Northwestern. Our next guest Remember that song. And her name is Mickey Flowers. You just heard Coach Lenny Wilkins talking about her being the point guard on the Gills uh, team for the Odessa Brown Children's Clinic. And Mickey has been supporting the clinic for quite a while. And so I would like to have her, first of all, introduce herself once again, and then give us a little historical overview of the Odessa Brown Children's Clinic. Since today is Odessa Brown's 100th birthday and the clinic's 50th birthday. So Mickey Flowers, go right ahead.
6: Mickey Flowers, I'm you know, very proud and very privileged to be associated with Odessa Brown. And uh, was on one of the early Community advisory boards of the clinic uh, when it was built on Yesler and currently uh, co-chair and co-founder of the Friends of Odessa Brown Children's Clinic Guild. And what an amazing group of men and women we have, including uh, you and your wife, Andrea, who are, you know, out there working hard to make sure that the programs uh, at the clinic are funded and that children and families truly have the best possible health care with dignity possible. This could not have happened, as you know, Eddie, because you were around back in the early days without the vision of many, many people in our community. Uh, But tonight in the virtual event that's celebrating the 50th anniversary and Odessa Brown's 100th birthday, we're going to put the spotlight on four remarkable women who many believe are the foundation for the clinic. Of course, starting with Odessa Brown herself, who was a very tenacious advocate for the clinic in those early days. She looked around her community and did not see health care for children. And she not only wanted that for her children, but all the people in the community. So she, along with community leaders and activists and local politicians, came together to put together a plan to provide children's health care services where none existed in the central district. And then you had this remarkable trio of women, Dr. Blanche Leviso, Elizabeth Thomas, and Toby Burden, who carried on uh, Odessa Brown's legacy after she passed away in 1969, because she actually passed away before the clinic opened. Uh, But because of her vision and her tenacity, the task force that came together to provide the clinic Uh, voted unanimously to to name it after her, and rightfully so. And then Dr. Blanche Leviso was the first African-American female pediatrician in the area, so it made perfect sense that she would serve as the first medical director of OBCC. And Dr. Blanche, as many of us knew her, minted the motto for the clinic that exists today, quality care with dignity. And believe me, if you knew Blanche Leviso, she would not accept anything less than that, from the way the waiting room looked to the way the calls were answered at the clinic. After Blanche, uh, we're going to talk about Elizabeth Thomas, who many of us knew as Liz. She was the first African-American to complete the Pediatric Nurse Practitioner Program at the University of Washington School of Nursing. And she became a nurse practitioner at OBCC uh, for 25 years. She worked at the clinic, and she was a tireless advocate for children and families, uh, their well-being. She was also a mentor for many nurses and doctors. And the story goes that she, you know, mentored a lot of uh, practicing doctors, uh, including one you're going to hear from next. Uh, She was uh, a great role model for the wonderful Dr. Ben Danielson. Uh, She was also involved in, in, in several of the laws that made a difference for children in our state that people may not know about, the Baby Buckle Seat Program and the Washington State Immunization Law for Children, which we take for granted. She was a strong advocate, worked hard to get those things in place. And Octavia Toby Burton, who most of us didn't know her as Octavia. We knew her as Toby Burton. She was a member of Seattle Children's Board of Trustees, in fact, the board's first African-American member back then when she was on the board. It was called Children's Orthopedic Hospital, and in the mid-70s, she together with many community members began raising funds to build the Odessa Brown Clinic on Yesler. So it was these remarkable women, uh, Freddie May Goucher, who I know uh, coach talks about all the time, Coach Wilkins, who brought him, along with Toby and Freddie May brought him to the clinic and said, this is something you need to support. He often tells that story. But because of these women, they encouraged others to make the journey with them. And so many other people, including myself, followed in their footsteps because uh, of the tremendous example they set. And there were others that were instrumental in the early days. Uh, Doctors Abe Bergman, Ken Fellman, Ed Marcuse, Michael Washington. Dr. Michael Washington was the first medical director recruited by uh, Dr. Leviso, Maxine, Dr. Maxine Hayes. There were people like Don Barry Smith and Ed Banks and Walt Hubbard Jr. And so many more people like you, Eddie, who have shepherded the legacy of Odessa Brown. And that's what we're so proud to be celebrating uh, today to be celebrating the clinic and all that's happened there for children and families and Odessa Brown herself, who uh, celebrates 100 years. So this is this was a year that brought a lot of challenges for us but some really special things that uh, we're going to celebrate virtually even though we can't be together.
0: Now, uh, give us uh, listeners a little bit. I've, I've given out the information for the uh, today at 6.30 p.m., uh, the virtual event for the clinic's 50th birthday, Odessa Brown's 100th birthday, will be at go to events at clchildrens.org to receive a link to the event, or you can call 206- 963-3894 for information. Can you give our listening audience, uh, before I go to Hayward, uh, what can they expect this evening?
6: They're, they're going to hear uh, uh, some of the history of what I've talked about just now they're also going to uh, hear from uh, children's CEO Dr. Jeff Sparing uh, about the role the hospital has played with the clinic and I've, and also from Dr. Bid Danielson you'll get a bit of a history lesson but also the importance of the community's voice in continuing to shape the mission of this clinic and holding us all true to that mission and he's been uh, such a visionary in that respect, in terms of, you know, letting us all understand better what comprehensive health really means. It's not just the medical uh, uh, part of what you bring to uh, a healthcare practice. It's also all of the social and environmental factors that have a lot to do with a child and a family's well-being, you know, whether it's food security or or. Uh, Proper housing, I mean, there's so many things involved with making uh, a family and, and children in that family well. And so uh, we have the best advocate possible and just have had a great leader in the last 20 years and Dr. Ben Danielson. And he has been true to that mission that the community wanted so many years ago that Odessa Brown saw lacking. He has stayed true to that mission and expanded it and improved it and nurtured it in a way that has made uh, this community so proud of having him as a leader. And, uh, so Dr. Ben has been there 20 years? 20, 20 years plus, years? I believe Dr. Ben will tell you in a moment, yes. I'm sure, he, but I believe it's, he, he, I know it's 20 years because I was a young uh, medical reporter. Yeah, he looks he 34 to me. And that's a long time s- ago.
0: I want to see if Hayward has any comments or questions. Before you we go know, with me, Mickey, it's just,
2: it, one, it's good hearing your voice. Too for our listening audience, now I know because everybody should be at the uh, at the event this evening, but for the people who don't know you, because me personally, I think there needs to be a Mickey Flowers day. I no. know all the work that you've done over your career, supporting the community, but sort of staying in the background, one of the truly unsung heroes. Can you just give a little background information who you are to our listenership?
6: Well, you know, it, it, we're talking about women whose shoulders that um, I, I stand on, and I stand on the shoulders of in, an incredible uh, community as well as a terrific family uh, mother and father and grandparents uh, who believed in education. So there was never a question in my family that y- you would get the best education you could uh, in order to have uh, a professional career. professional career and and mine was in broadcast I worked at Cairo television for about 30 years uh first as a uh, weather reporter uh then as a reporter on the street and an anchor and then I found my true calling and that was as a medical reporter which I did for the last almost 17 years of my career and that's how I I think I began to really uh understand uh what it takes to have really good health care and to see what good health care practice means. And that's what we see at Odessa Brown. But, um, you know, I, I appreciate the, the accolades, but uh, it took a village <laughs> for right me now. to have the kind of career and the kind of community support I've always had. And uh, I, there are too many people uh, to thank uh, and to mention, uh, but I am the product of a community that supported me uh, as the first African American on air in the television market. And a
2: trailblazer,
0: a leader, just like I. And that's why we, uh, I want to check. See, do we have Dr. Ben on yet, Eric?
6: Well, I was the first African American woman. I, sh- I should say there was a, there were a couple of great African American men who preceded me
0: john ray martin wyatt Bob that's Hill. right you know but, them <laughs> john ray and, and martin were used to be the tag team on saturdays and sundays on king tv
6: that's right yeah that's yeah, right You're the, in the, black that anchor, the black anchors and because okay. you were there the door opened for me eddie so hey. and i know that and a lot of us know that connie thompson another hey. uh colleague we started hey. about the same time and uh, another a woman named Linda Wright Avery over at Kink. So right. yes, we, a lot of people and Steve doors Steve for us.
5: Poole
0: replaced Steve me Poole. as a, the, the host of Action Inner City, and when I was on Como for three years funded by Model Cities. Do we get Dr. Ben yet, Eric? Let let me tell
6: you a little bit while you're waiting for Dr. Ben. You know, one of the questions people have been asking is, how is the construction of the new clinic on Othello Way going, where the Othello light rail is? And that's intentional, so people will have easier access to the clinic because of transportation that's close by. And if people drive by the site today, they will see a fully constructed exterior. If you haven't been by fellow and uh, Martin Luther King way in a while, you'll be surprised. There's a fully constructed exterior, exterior up now. The bottom two floors are going to be the clinic space. OBCC will sublease space to Tiny Tot's Early Learning Center. And there will be five floors of rental units above the clinic. And construction on the interior space, if all goes well, uh, it, it, it will, it's starting this month and will be completed in 2021, and this will more than triple the space that OBCC currently occupies on Yesler.
0: Uh, and it's right on the light rail, and we know that a lot of Black folks have moved south. That's right. And so, uh, you know, like there are 10,000 African-Americans in Federal Way, for example, 3,500 in, in, uh, in uh, Auburn, and I think about the same amount, a little more in the city of Renton. So- uh, that that's a that's a that's a real good move, and then by having that McKinney Center at Twenty Second and Jackson, people yes. can go right around the corner with their kids and get the health care they need.
6: Yeah, so, so and I, a lot of positive I, things happening
0: I, in the central area.
6: And you know, you know, we'll have the Lenny Wilkins uh, Center there within the clinic, uh, an activity center. So, I mean, these are good things that we hope will provide in even uh, better not only access, but health care for, for our community, particularly community that's uh, been moving farther and farther south. So, yeah, it's very exciting. And OBCC will see the first patients, we're hoping, on the site in early
0: 2022. Now, that, that's some fantastic information. I'm going to have to drive by and look at that myself. That, you do. That's some, that's some hope. That's keeping hope alive.
6: Yes and you and people will see artwork on the, I don't know if the, all the artwork is up yet but when the finish when the clinic is finished you'll see some fabulous artwork by community artists on the building on the outside and it'll be carried inside as well there's a whole task force working on what that art is going to look like it'll be a very inviting warm welcoming space you know creating the same kind of family atmosphere that we have we have at the Yesler clinic which will still be there. We don't want people to think that we're losing that clinic. Uh, it will have another use, which we don't know exactly how that will be yet, but the promise is that we will have uh, a, a renovated clinic on Yesler and then a bigger space for more things to happen to serve more children and families at Othello.
0: So, well, I'll tell you one thing. I'm glad we have you on the line, but you, you certainly are taking it up giving us some information we didn't have i know dr ben's first priority is taking care of the baby so That's you know right. i know i know how his, his uh schedule is and the first priority his first priority is taking care of those children so i can expect for him not to be as timely during the day uh but i'm sure he'll be there at 6:30 tonight for the yeah. uh the event at uh you go to events at seattlechildrens.org uh to get a link to the uh 100th birthday celebration of uh, Odessa Brown and the clinic's 50th birthday or you can call 206-963-3894 that's not your cell phone number is it Mickey?
6: no <laughs> but I'd answer calls <laughs> I know you do <laughs> If it has anything to do with, with uh, attention on this wonderful clinic that we've had in our community for 50 years, you bet I'd answer the calls. I also want to tell people that when they hear about the OBCC Guild raising money, uh, pl- uh, please, whatever y- is comfortable for you, please give. We don't care about the amount. We love just the community coming together and whatever they have to give to help support this clinic. and. So far, the community has really rallied behind this project, uh, raised so far about $113 million. We've got about $12 million to go, but we'll get there. Uh, we need to do that before the end of 2021, but we've got people working hard on that, and we're going to see an amazing clinic in our community.
0: $113 million. Well, that's, that's raising some bucks.
6: Because of some great community support, uh, yes, large indeed. and small, uh, very large philanthropy gifts, uh, down to five bucks. And it all counts, and it all matters.
0: Well, I'll tell you one thing. I'll be encouraging, because uh, our children are our future. And we want to make sure that not, their health uh, care is not compromised. So that's very important for them to be able. An unhealthy child can't really learn in the classroom. If they're no, concerned, we, concerned and with any so
6: That that bears that out. That there, there's so many things that go into a child's well-being, from being well-nourished, having a a good roof over the head. I mean, there's so many things that cause stress that lead to poor health that uh, have to do with poverty. And and I think if anybody has addressed that in a comprehensive way, at looking at all the things that we need to provide. it's Dr. Ben and his amazing team at Odessa Brown. You know, and there's the mental health clinic, and so mental health issues are taken care of. At the same time that you're looking at dental health, and you're you're looking at all the things that go into a well child checkup. I mean, uh, reading the, the education is encouraged in this clinic. Children leave with the book after a, a clinic visit. Uh, and there, there are are groups that supply like Eddie. I mean, I, I mean, you, you have done so much, you and Andrea. You are very um, modest in the ways at which you have helped this community, both of you. Uh, and many of us look at you two as role models in terms of the way you've promoted education and and the well-being of of families and from. An outsider who came from California and moved here now considers herself uh, a, a Seattleite after 50 years. But
0: well, I came here your from Louisiana was here long before <laughs> I
6: was, and I, I know the kind of work that you have put into making this a community we can all be proud of.
0: Well, Mickey, I want to thank you very much for that. I got here from Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> we all came from somewhere, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> So, uh, hey, thank you very much. And, uh, you know, I know Dr. Ben is busy, but, you know, we know that we, we have in very high say. esteem with all the work that he does. So yeah. thank you, Mickey Flowers. We appreciate you. And I'll be checking out the virtual uh, event this evening at 630. So thank I you. encourage everybody else to tune in tune to see what's happening in our community with our folks. So yeah. thank you very much. Thank you, Eddie. Okay. All right. We're going to take a break. And hey, and I'll be coming back next with Uh, Councilmember Ken Van khan and Dr. Linda Smith.
4: Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all,
5: Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill in the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tequila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress.
4: Seattle, Tacoma, Antwerp? That's right. We're streamed worldwide on our app and on the web at 1150kknw.com.
0: Eddie Ryan, Hayward Evans, back at Urban Forum Northwest with our next guest, and that would be Renton City Councilmember Kim Kanban and Dr. Linda M. Smith. So are you both online? Uh, okay, yes. okay. Well, let's start with Councilmember Kim, uh, with the Renton City Council attorney, I should say, attorney council member, so she is in business, we promote our businesses, so uh, there are some uh, some issues of uh, economic inclusion that you were working on with the city of Renton, and Councilmember, I'd like to have you start and just surprise our listening audience of exactly what, what uh, your program, your goals and objectives with that, and why don't you just take one minute and just say who you are.
7: Uh, yes yeah thank you uh good afternoon uh Ms. eddie ryan jr and, and everybody uh my name is kim khan bun and i'm a Renton city council member um have been elected this past year and uh really being in there to be a voice and bring our community voice uh to the table and to the dais so i very much appreciate this opportunity um uh, th- like uh, you mentioned i am attorney uh, mother of two little kiddos and uh, Really, my story has been a refugee to uh, become a U.S. citizen and uh, a public school graduate. So I very much am in tune with what the need of our community is, is about. Um, just just a little bit about what we've been doing in Renton as a, a city. Of course, I can't speak on behalf of the council, but just on myself and the lens that I, I see it through, is that the city has been trying uh, very best uh, its very best to uh, be ahead of the curve, and I, I do believe in such that we have uh, worked uh, to provide inclusion and equity to our community. Um, And, you know, for example, the landmark uh, historic rent and business plan that was passed recently uh, this summer um, that uh, had really, uh, you know, the language that's in it but also the spirit of it is very much um, what we've never seen before. And when I say landmark, it is now talking about, social, equitable outcomes. We're talking about um, anti-racism approaches uh, and uh, in, more into than just including folks at the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am very prideful of Renton, looking through our equity lens in ways that other cities haven't had an opportunity to, um, in that it's across all departments that folks are intentional in what they do to provide that. Now, we have a lot of things to improve on, no doubt, so I'm not going to say it's, it's la-la land here, um, but it's something that folks who came before me have laid the foundation that um, with community efforts and especially with Dr. Smith's um, ab- advocacy and the community advocacy, we are able to move it towards another level where uh, this Renton business plan is uh, a landmark business plan.
0: Okay, I'd like to have uh, uh, Reverend Dr. Linda M. Smith uh who is the founder and executive director of uh, the Sky Urban Empowerment and Transformation Center. Dr. Smith, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye. Why don't you give our listeners a little bit about, uh, and I mean, I'm looking at your bio, it takes us an hour to go through all those, your accomplishments and all the honors you've received, but why don't you just uh, hone in on the work that you're doing with the council member in the city of Renton, uh, trying to move any, and if you can also name any initiatives that your organization is working on in conjunction with the city of Renton.
7: Okay. Uh, thank you.
8: Um, thank you for uh, having us here this afternoon. So um, we've been working, really, the work started around uh, January of this year. We started to talk about um, issues of racial equity here in the city of Renton. And um, Kim Kahn, council member, has been instrumental in helping us to just, you know, galvanize the community around um, what we know um, is the issue around racism. So um, I know about four or five years ago, uh, Mr. Ryu came to Renton City Council uh, talking about the lack of hiring in uh, the fire department at that time, which was a, a fix to Renton and other social issues that we were had been experiencing in Renton. So I would say that we have made a lot of strides. Uh, in um, August of this year, the Renton City Council approved a resolution 44. Fourteen, And as um, Kim Kam, uh, Council Member Kim Kam it's a business plan to, to strengthen the stand against racism in support of racial equity. So we've uh, been working. We've been uh, attending city council uh, members' uh, meetings. We've been um, advocating for these injustices. And our focus has been around ensuring a budget that represents employment, housing, um, economic, small business um, owners, and education that is, is that is accessible for uh african-american um, indigenous and people of color and particularly we have been folk we have four um, um budget items that we were able to advance to the council. and um i'll just briefly go through these one is to create the equity and empowerment commission um which is a commission that really is about uh uh accountability it holds the Uh, the city accountable uh, under Title VII to issues of equity and employment to create an uh, anti-racist budget by directing revenues to social services, such as uh, mental health services, uh, um, treatment, training, community engagement, um, hiring case managers that's skilled in mental health in addition, and creating an alternative to youth violence uh, to prevent the prison uh, to pipeline. um, uh, process and the third is meeting fifty percent employment and contracting for Black people and people of color. And as, as I remember to recall, when you came four or five years ago, uh, that was uh, one of the things that you and the team that had come with you had advocated for.
0: So yeah, Dr. Smith, I, could I just uh, just uh, could I just stop you for one second and ask you: Do you know what uh, the current participation level of African descendants of the United States enslaved are now? with the rent and contracting? And also, do you have any idea of the African descendants of the United States slave who are employees of Renton and Public Works or any other departments? Uh,
7: Yes, if I I may. um, Yes, Uh Yes, so um, within the Public Works Department, um, we have uh, the breakdown of it. And of course, like I said earlier, there's much more that could be improved. But this is the latest I've gotten from our Public Works Director. Administrator, is that there are um, a total of 126 males um, and 26 female workers, um, and you're looking at three—only uh, three black males right. are in this—and and there's no female um, that are in public works employees. Just to kind of um, let you know, direct what they sent me.
0: And um, and uh, the the black population of Renton is about 13 percent.
7: Um, that is my recollection. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that's
0: that's yeah. Okay. Uh, fire uh, fire what what about? Do you have some on the fire department?
8: So so the fire department now is uh, I mean they're I mean they are certainly um, underrepresented. I think they just hired one or two people,
7: but they're no longer. No 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 no
0: no 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 no. Underrepresented. We need we want numbers. Yeah. Do you have any numbers?
7: Yeah, and Dr. Linda is. Uh, is correct in that they're no longer a part of Renton. Um so we can request that okay. data. They're right. okay. a separate entity. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Okay. right. 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 Yeah. So okay. So let me just just, just wrap up my last the last issue
8: is rise, which is the racial investment to secure equity. And it's the uh, community including American dream to support eradicating social injustice, creating equity for blacks. And the program is to support black home ownership black-owned business, targeted scholarship for education, alternative programs that deal specifically with violent pre- prevention and alternative careers in creating equity to right the historical wrongs that have been done to done in the black community. So those are the, the four uh, budget right. demands that we're working yeah. and yeah. advancing um, to become a reality.
0: Yeah, you know, if uh, 13% of the public works department were blacks, they have a lot better chance of succeeding in buying a home. Do you have any information on the number of contracts that are uh, being awarded or that are currently enforced with companies owned by African descendants of the United States enslaved?
7: Um, as far as the breakdown that we were given, uh, which i I'm going to ask for follow up, um, the vendors breakdown um, is just really minority owned uh, and yeah. uh, disadvantaged business and women-owned.
0: Yeah, owned. all that does all that does it's is uh, of, that, that does not see that that's why we have to have a breakdown by ethnic mm-hmm. groups because of the fact if you only got three blacks out of 126 in public works then i i, yeah, I don't i'm uh, i'm really afraid of what you might have in terms of black owned uh, uh firms i'm speak, speaking specifically about african descent united states enslaved the folks who's been here for years you know what i'm gonna have to have uh, i want both of you guys to come back because i you know this is going to Uh, it's an intriguing conversation and I want to make sure uh, Hayward Evans and Eddie Raya's listening audience are getting correct and accurate information so I really want to come back and I really appreciate uh, uh, Council Member, I appreciate you stepping up to the plate uh, and and doing what you're doing and and Reverend Dr. Linda M. Smith uh, you've done so much stuff it's just unreal so I have have faith and hope in you because I see that you've been accomplishing quite a bit already but I would like to have you guys come back so we can have more lengthy conversation we just don't have the time today and this year is like at least a 20 or 25 minute more conversation so if you guys agree that you can come back within the next couple of weeks would that be possible oh
7: that would be great yeah 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 Yeah. 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 i'll definitely try to get those data for you
0: and okay and then the the other email you sent me council member did not that didn't come through so uh with the information
7: yeah, I'll go ahead and read But anyway,
0: so you'll have some more information too. And I, I would really, I would like to have the program once you receive the information. Then we can talk and share something uh, uh, more accurate with our listening audience. We don't like to put out guess, guesses and guesstimates. We'd like to give the re- the real deal information. So I want to thank both of you guys okay. for the information. And Councilmember, as soon as you get that information, get it to me, and we'll schedule a time for you and uh, Dr. Linda, uh, Reverend Dr. Linda Smith to come back on. So Dr. Smith, it was nice meeting you over the phone. Hope to see you in person real soon. I say that about a lot of people with this COVID-19 because I'm missing people. All right, our time is up. So thank you very much for the day and get back to me council members so we can reschedule. Thank you.